Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to the third episode of Talk Local. Uh, today, we were joined by Dave Pishker, um, uh, who is the alumni director of Andrean High School. Um, if you're from the area, uh, you probably don't know him from his uh, position as the alumni director. You probably know him more as a legendary baseball coach. He has 940 wins career-wise. He's got five state championships, and he's coached countless amount of collegiate players, and also guys have been drafted. Um, he's also a, a personal mentor of mine. Uh, I got a chance to spend a little bit of time with him in 2008 and 2009 uh, extensively and uh, was a part of the coaching staff that got the chance to win a state championship. Um, and I always look forward to the conversation of having him in, 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 the, in studio. Uh, so when we started doing this, he was one of the first guys on my list and he didn't disappoint. Um, it's a great retrospect of his entire career and his philosophies. Um, and a little bit of a tidbit on what to look forward to when it comes to Andrean's future. So um, the interview clocks in around an hour 50, hour 45 minutes, somewhere in there. Um, I will give you a little bit of a fair warning. We did have a little bit of audio issues that we didn't pick up until after the fact. So it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit distorted, but um, I think you can still definitely hear everything. And it's, uh, that's really cool because it is, it is a great interview. So um, without further ado, here is my interview with Dave Pishker. How long have you been going into when it comes to Andrean? How long have you been affiliated with the school? It feels like forever since the beginning, right? Well, I started in 1967 as a student. Okay. So 67 was my freshman year. But even prior to that, I remember my dad taking me to Gilroy Stadium. You probably don't remember the old Gilroy Stadium. No. It was by uh, Gleason Park in Glen Park, and that's where Andrean played their games because they never had a field. So uh, they would play sometimes on Thursday night, Friday night, or sometimes they would play Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon. And we would go to watch Andrean, and that's sort of how it started. And my sister's older than me, so she started there in 65. And then I had cousins that started there in 63. So uh, I, I kind of always say that I've been there every decade of Andrean, so 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000, 2010, and hopefully the to the 2020s. Yeah, I don't think you're slowing down anytime I hope soon. Not. I hope <laughs> not. Um, so you, so you're a student in '67. That means you graduate in '71. Are you on the baseball team? Yeah. The uh, when I started there, and that was the choice. So I'm a St. Mark kid, and that's in the heart of Glen Park in in Lou Wallace territory. So I don't think my parents said you have to go to Andran. In our in that day, and St. Mark had 100 kids in eighth grade. 50 were going to go to Lou Wallace, and 50 were going to go to Andran. And um, what Lou Wallace had going for them is they had a baseball team. What Andran didn't have going for them, they didn't have a baseball team. And I said, you know, I, I'm going to go to Andran. So I go to Andran, and I golf my freshman and sophomore year, and then they they develop a baseball team junior year. So I get a chance to play on the first baseball team uh, junior and senior year. And actually, I think we were we were conference champs the very first year. Oh, really? Um, yeah. So who's in the first conference uh, when it comes to that, at that time? You know, you, you, I'll tell you now, and you're going to laugh and you say because none of these schools are any good, but they were good then. <laughs> Lou Wallace, okay, Wirt, Gary Roosevelt, probably Emerson, um, Horseman. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it was the Gary schools and us. So from a geographic much. standpoint, it probably was never better. Right, right. Like the travel was no. right there. And, you know what? In in our very first year, I think we played fourteen games. Oh, really? We played fourteen games, and I'm not kidding you. I don't think we practiced six times all year. 
So literally, if there's a game, we put the uniform on and we played. If there wasn't uh, a game, we, we might practice and we, we probably not. And, and, and I just remember the practices and because it was <laughs> – our head coach was the greatest guy in the world, Nick Cernkovich. But Nick was a football coach and a baseball – he, baseball expert on trivia. He knew everything about baseball. Probably wasn't the coach, but he he, he started the team. And uh, literally, our practice consists of whoever was a pitcher would just throw, not batting practice, he would throw, what, 20, 30 pitches to try to get you out, and you're taking batting practice. Nobody's hitting ground ball, so if you're playing shortstop, you could literally go a good hour without getting one ball. And I and I think once the pitcher was done throwing, practice was over. We didn't take infield practice. Wow! Uh, so it was just a total free for all. It was just a bunch of pretty good athletes on a team that played baseball up to that point and was good enough to be successful without any of the stuff that kind of we do nowadays. So what position were you? I was a shortstop, second baseman. All right. I was a shortstop. Ironically, I shortstop my my junior year, and then senior year I got moved over to second base, which was okay. I played some short and some second, but mostly just middle infield. And then post Andrean, you went to Purdue, Purdue. I went to Purdue Cal, Cal. Cal. okay, mm-hmm. which is yeah, obviously Purdue Northwest now. I know it's hard to remember that we were the Pipers, so they, I think they've changed nicknames many times. And again, I, I guess I had the best of both worlds. Uh, I was able to golf. Golf was in the spring and the fall time, and then they had a baseball team. So I, I don't know if I'm doing this correct. I think my freshman year, I golfed both spring and the fall. And then my sophomore year, I said, ah, I'm going to golf for baseball. So I played baseball my sophomore year in the spring, but golfed in the fall. And then after that year, I said, you know what? Time just to golf both in the spring and the fall. So I, I ended up golfing and making all conference. But our baseball team, I, I ended up being good friends with a lot of those guys. We ended up going on and playing softball for a long time with them. Uh, I don't think we were very competitive. We uh, were in the conference with Lewis University, oh, and yeah. during that time, Lewis University had won like four national titles. <laughs> and I think the one time we played them that I could remember, uh, they beat us like 23-5, to five, and the pitcher was a guy by the name of Brennan who ended up, he was a first-round draft choice by somebody, and I got an infield hit off him. So I'm always going to remember oh, that. Wow. So yeah. you were able to turn it around. I was able to run. He had a ground ball in the hole, short and short, and couldn't throw me out. But it's probably one of those close my eyes, swing, hopefully hit it. Uh, uh, but he ended up playing for your White Sox for a while. I don't, I can't remember his first name though. Hmm. Last name was Brennan, but I think he might have started out with Cleveland and stuck around forever, but never was a a dominant pitcher. But it was a high draft choice. Man, getting beat by twenty is just. You remember those games? Those are yeah. Brutal. It was like kid, it was like kids playing against men. It really yeah. was. Those guys were again. They were probably. They were coached by Gordy Gillespie. Oh, yeah, a legend. Exactly. So they they took the game extremely seriously. Uh, we didn't. We didn't have um, any really indoor facilities. Um, so we it was almost like Andrean to the next level. <laughs> I got a chance to meet Gordy through John Weber, who is the baseball coach yeah. at PNC. And what uh, a great guy. I mean, the guy seemed very transparent, seemed really cool. And he was, he was at that point just about to leave. So he's been retired for what? Who, Gordy? Yeah. Gordy's passed away. Oh, has he really? He did. He passed away about two or three years ago. And he went from, I mean, the the guy coached three sports. Unbelievable. He he was an outstanding football coach at at Joliet Catholic where they won a ton of titles. Then he was a basketball coach, uh, I think, at Joliet Catholic. And then he was coach at Lewis, then went to 
um, was it St. Francis? Mm-hmm. And then I think he actually went out to Wisconsin for a while to help coach his son's team. And then he came back again to St. Francis at the age of 80-something and was coaching again. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Uh, great, great guy, uh, extremely gifted uh, speaker yeah because he, he did the he did the uh, conference circuit right like the when you were do like the tour of yes. just giving talks and lectures yes. in the baseball circuits so like got the you got the college baseball one then they started to pop up a little bit more from a high school standpoint i know the state of indiana does one right yes so they're all over the he place became, he was the head of like the medalist it was an old magazine but it was medalist and it was run gordy was the mc but he would always you know give a lecture on something and just so good so good. Unbelievable. I, wow, I didn't know he'd passed away. That, that sucks. Yeah. But uh, so uh, we're at, so now we're, we're in your college years and uh, we're talking about, so like at what point, so when do you graduate college? Were you 75, 76? Uh, you know, if normal people would do that, but uh, <laughs> I did the, all right, I'm finished my 12 years of Catholic education and I'm tired of school. So I said, I'm, I worked the summer in the mill. I said, hey, there's some pretty good money. So I'm going to work. I'm not going to go to school. I'm going to work in the mill. So I worked in Inland, and there was a thing called shift work. So you're not, you know, it's 8 to 4, then it's 4 to 12, then it's midnights, and that took about, you know, a month of toll on me before I realized, okay, I'm, I'm going to go to school. But I finished the one year at the mill and then went to Purdue Cal. So instead of the 71, fall of 71, I started the fall of 72 and finished in 77 so i was like on a five-year phys ed program (laughs) (laughs) and then i remember so you and then i like now i know you as like an administrator at the school but at that time you're you're coaching now you're back at andrean and you're doing gym well well? initially i my first teaching job was at saint paul grade school in valparaiso so that was fall of 77 maybe um but or maybe fall of 78 one of those two but i i get a call from a former teacher at Andrea named John Bennett, who was uh, he was a assistant football coach, and he was the baseball coach after my coach left. And he gives me a call. I'm working at Mike's Sporting Goods the other three days that I'm not teaching at St. Paul. And he gives me a call. And he says, "Hey, Dave, we need the. Would you want to be a volleyball coach, Andrea?" And I said, <laughs> "John, I am volleyball coach. What are you talking about? I don't." I don't play volleyball. I played in the backyard. And women's volleyball? Women's volleyball. There's no <laughs> such thing as that. But, but, you know, I knew you had, a, you had to do something. So, yeah, I'll do it, John. I'll be happy to do that. So, but I said, you know, how about baseball? Eh, you know, we'll kind of wait on that. So I became the varsity volleyball coach. <laughs> the one thing good about it, I inherited a team that was like 3-11 and 11 or 3-14. and 14 And anything you're going to do, at least the way sports-related or, you know, probably more so – now in a lot of other aspects, but initially it was, if I'm going to coach, we're going to win. And I, and I, and I got to know what I'm doing. So I, I took two workshops down at Ball State, which was the premier volleyball school. And we, our very first year, we went 12 and four. And then we went like the following year, we went 20 and five. And wow. eventually my last year when I coached was like 85, 86. We were the number one team in the area. We were 29 and five. We had four kids going to D1 oh, schools. Wow. and. It, it became we were really good but it was it was time to get out of that but so going back to so he hires me for the volleyball coach and like a week later he gives me a call at Mike's again hey Dave uh you want to coach freshman basketball 
sure, John, I'll coach freshman basketball. How about baseball, John? Can you get me into the baseball program? <laughs> well, we're working on it. We're working on it. And um, so finally, I don't know if it, it came in that summer before I started or actually when I started coaching, he said, hey, would you be the JV baseball coach? And I said, about time. About time you asked me the right question. I said, absolutely. So that very first year, I coached three sports without being a teacher there. And then I came on board the next year. So the first actual teaching year would have been the 79-80 season where I was teaching, but I already been coaching the year before. Wow. So so is coaching for you something that you kind of was like, uh, is that something you fell into or is that something that you can from uh, you can pretty much track from like probably in the early 70s at this point or even your playing days is something that you kind of maybe look forward to doing? Um. I, brought, I, I came up, I was raised, and obviously my dad was a really good athlete, and it was a family of 12, and most of the boys were athletic. But on my other side, I had two uncles that were coaches, athletic directors, and teachers at Calumet High School, and they both played minor league baseball. So I, I was kind of brought in when I played Little League, um, 8 through 15, my dad was my coach. So I... I kind of felt I, there was two ways to go. One probably wasn't going to happen, and the other one was going to happen. You know, either you're going to be a professional athlete or you're going to be a coach. That, that was my two choices. It was really quickly to found, find out that, you know, I wasn't going to be a professional baseball player. So I turned to coaching, and, and a lot of kids don't have an idea. I, I feel sorry for the people that go to college and change their major five or six times, and, and then when they get a job, it's misery. And ever since the first job of coaching whenever that was it's just a passion that I fell in love with and still have a, a you know a great desire to do so and, and a desire to get better at it and, and really it's it's the driving force if I ever give up coaching then I will obviously probably give up the athletic the alumni director because they go hand in hand with me I do the alumni I, I enjoy doing that but my passion is coaching baseball. Well, coaching is such an interesting thing, especially after doing it for about seven or eight years. It's one of those things that it's when it's in your blood and when you're in the middle of it, it's like it takes a specific personality, I would say. And it's, it's one that's ultra competitive and one that can – and you can correct me if I'm wrong. But it's one of those that you're – it's always these moments of introspection. And I don't think people realize that you can't turn that off. That's a tw- It's a 24-hour-a-day job. And um, when you're not playing, you're thinking lineups. Absolutely. When you're not thinking lineups, you're thinking about practice plans. When you're not thinking about practice plans, you're thinking about just smallest things that happened two weeks ago. Um, it just never stops. And so it takes a specific type of person to kind of get into that. And I think one of the things that's really tough about it is every win feels like a pass to the next day. And every loss feels like you lost five games. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You, you actually – feel worse after a loss than you feel good after a win i mean right you right. hate losing more than you like winning that's basically what it comes what it boils down to yeah the losses linger and the wins like okay let's when are we gonna play the next game uh you know it's just it's one of those things that i think i was in the little league and i, I don't I'm, i try to think sometimes why i'm so competitive in in, in different things and it and I, I know my dad was a competitive golfer and a, a baseball player and all that. But when I played Little League, I guess being blessed, I'm sure I had something to do with it. But, but when I was 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, we won the whole thing every year except when I was 11. And we lost the final game that year. So it's a matter of we just won. And it, it got to the point where 
I did not like to lose, and it didn't feel good losing, and it didn't feel good losing if you're playing a pickup basketball game or if you're playing street hockey or if you're playing hide-and-go-seek and somebody tags you. I mean, yeah, it was yeah. you just didn't want to lose, and um, I think that's that's a strength and maybe a weakness at the same time. Sure, right? sure, and it's almost it's funny because when you, when, you, when you hear you talk about it like that, it almost makes me think of like when you, when you get kind of dubbed a winner, you almost feel like a responsibility that like – You've got to win, absolutely, and that and that doesn't just start, you know, happen in the the organized sport, but it happens in the, like across the board. So that's interesting to kind of see it that from that perspective. Well, the good thing about at least baseball in Northwest Indiana, it's not you know there's a there's scrutiny under the football coaches and basketball coaches because they're under the limelight. I mean, there's a big attendance. The games are at night. People come to watch baseball games at four thirty. Nobody comes. Yeah, I mean, if you win, we probably won five state championships, and half the kids in the school did not know we won a state championship that time. So, it, there, it, any type of pressure is self-imposed, as oh, opposed yeah. to I think there's more pressure on those the two glamorous sports, which would be football and basketball, and who knows if it's. Uh, girls volleyball and, and other sports now but baseball still is a unless you're Laporte and Ken Shriver it's it's kind of it's sort of under the carpet there oh yeah and uh so I'll, I'll try to run back around here because I think we got a little off but for your timeline but that's it was awesome that was great stuff <laughs> um so now you've taken over the Andrean baseball program from a JV's perspective what kind of what kind of how many years does it take you to take over the varsity and what kind of team are you inheriting there I had one year JV. That's it. Okay, so, so you're right. It, it kind of went. We went one year JV and our JV team, and uh, we were nine and nine. It was uh, just an average team, and I inherited a team that's nine and ten. And uh, but in my favor, there was a lot of good athletes that just baseball was never taken seriously. So one of the big things that I think really helped me that very first year is that's the year that Andrean made it to the final final four in basketball. They had the Dan Dockage, Jim Bullock, Buzzy, Buzzy Goff, uh, Mike Paulson, and, and those guys. And half of those guys in the team were baseball players. So they get to the state champ, they get to the final four, and they get beat. And literally a week later, we're, it's baseball time. And so they, they have the characteristic, they're winners. And they've never been pushed before. They've been never. They've never been asked to practice more than an hour, or probably on consecutive days. And we're going at we're going three hours, and we're uh, going every day. And that, that that like that um, work ethics right away. Right away. So we're talking. And I, you know what? And then we start winning. I mean, we played. So you're nine and ten the year before, and you basically got the same kids, but they're a year old. And uh, we started off with a doubleheader against Maryville. And Maryville in those days were very talented. We split with Maryville. We ended up going 21-9 and nine and winning a sectionals that very first year. Wow. Uh, and it was sort of like that was fantastic. It was so enjoyable to be with those kids. I mean, I'm 25 years old, and these kids are 18. Yeah, so, so you're not, there's not much of a difference No, there. not at all. That was about the same age I was when I was the pitching coach there. Okay. So I was around that 25, 26 range. So, you know, you could relate to them. I still go back and probably relate better to that team than any team that I – I mean, I'm, I still hang out with – still golf with Dockets every once in a while, talk to Bistro, talk to Custer, talk to Mueller. Golf. I mean, I, I talk to those guys every once in a while. But I, I still remember those as, you know, winning that sectional – was like the biggest thing in the world for me. It really was. Um, you know, it's, 
it was every bit as winning a state championship. And you just had to go through the you had to go through the process. And winning that winning twenty games and winning the sectional the very first year was was huge. That's a great year. Yeah. That's a great year for any program, let alone the first year. So you know and then we built upon it. But uh, I always tell the story and just to kind of say that's how luck can help you out in sports. So that year, Mike Paulson is probably Andrean's best baseball player. Unfortunately, Mike had a, probably the worst three weeks in the history of sports. So Andrean's in the state championship game. And do you know the story? No, no. Okay, so they're playing New Albany, who's the number one team in the state. And they're down one point, And Mike fires a shot up from half court, be it, and gets fouled. Well, nowadays, that's three shots. In those days, it's two shots, buzzer, nobody. They don't let anybody go to the free th- on the free throw line except Mike Paulson. So Mike Paulson is in front of 18,000 people shooting two free throws. So one to tie, one to, you know, two to win, one at least to get to overtime. He, you know, you could just see he had no – he didn't want to be on that line. I mean, he had no system. Like, you know, Michael Jordan dribbled three times, flipped the ball. He didn't have a pattern for him. So he, he, shot, he shot the first one, and he missed it. And you can see the motion. He pounding his hands and everything. And the second one's like, I just want to get this over with. He misses the second one, so we lose. You know, when you're thinking, we're gonna, the worst we're going to do is going to go in overtime, but we can win this and be playing for the state championship, and he missed both of them. So, obviously, a very <sighs> difficult time for Mike. So now he's going into baseball, and the first game he pitches, he throws a shutout, and he's hitting like 700 for me at the end of four games, and we go out to play him and Gavitt, and we're winning pretty decisively, and Mike's at first base. And even back in those days, I said, you know what? If you guys think you could steal a base, go steal it. So Mike steals second base and fractures his ankle. So in a matter of two weeks, he's missed two free throws to cost the state championship and breaks his ankle in his favorite sport. Keep in mind, at the same time, the Plezak brothers, who you should know, one, Joe married my sister, and Joe and Danny started at Andrean. Joe went there three years. Danny went there two years. Okay. And they lived on the east side of Glen Park, and their Joe's senior year, Dan's junior year, they moved to Crown Point. Well, you could still go to Andrean. They decided to go to Crown Point because they really liked the basketball coach at, at Crown Point. So... If Danny Plezak stays at Andran and Mike Paulson doesn't get hurt, I have Danny Plezak and Mike Paulson to add to a team that was 21-9, and nine, and these two would be the best two pitchers that I yeah, have. We yeah. could have literally won state with a guy who was very unsure of what he was doing as a coach, and we could have won state just because we had two studs. Crown Point team ended up getting to the final eight with Danny Danny Plezak by himself. He just carried him. So in high school, is Dan Plezak just a monster? His senior year. Just a monster. The, the funny part about it, and I will always kid both of them, now they both are end up being drafted within the first 30 picks of baseball, Joe and Danny. Their junior year, when Joe and Danny are on the same together, their record at Crown Point, their team record was 14 and 15. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> How do you go How 14 and 15 with two guys that are getting drafted in the first 30 picks in baseball? Unbelievable. Yeah, that's Give a shout-out to Joe. I love Joe. I, I haven't seen him in a while. Every time I run into him, I always run into him on like a whim, and it's always great seeing him. So I got to I gotta swing by All and right. see those guys again. You, I you love do. That guy. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, so now like, what, where does that put us from a timeline standpoint? So we're just after my first year. Okay, so we're at – and just a year-wise, we're at 80 – 1980. 1980. 1980. Okay. The, the, that first class graduated in 80. So then where does – because the one thing that I think was really aware to me when was my first exposure to Andrean baseball, and it really wasn't from as a playing standpoint, it was more of a coaching 
Um, one thing that was really interesting always was your just trying to think of the right way to say it. It's just like your thirst for knowledge and the way that you kind of approach it from like a student perspective. Where does that start to kind of run in? I know you talked about changing the format and structures of the practices. Um, you talked about a couple of clinics you went to for the volleyball stuff. But when is when do you start incorporating the most modern aspects of baseball throughout your coaching career? Okay. It's, it's impressive. Yeah. So we'll look at my history. My history is, okay, my dad was my little league coach. Mm-hmm. Our practice probably consists of what we did at Andran. I go to Andran. I get nothing new. I go to Purdue Cal. I get nothing new. So now I inherit a program. What do I know about how to run a practice? Virtually whatever I've learned, which is nothing. So fortunately, Ken Schreiber had a clinic every December. So that very first year as I'm a JV coach, I went to Ken Schreiber's clinic. Well, during his clinic, he's getting Bob Warren from Indiana State. He's getting a Gordy Gillespie. He's getting he's getting all these people. And now he is starting to – he is your um, – Sensei, he is uh, you know what what Ken Schreiber says becomes gospel to me. Here's how you build a program. Oh, this yeah. is how you build a baseball field. If you don't have a nice baseball field, you do not have a good program. This is what's important about practice. So I would go back year in and year out to hear Schreiber, but that wasn't good enough. Then we had a state clinic in, in January, so I'd go to the state clinic, and and literally you just keep on now. Now you get a chance to start picking and choosing. Initially. Ken Schreiber's gospel, and then it becomes okay. This is a, this guy says this. This guy says this. What do you like? And then you start putting your own stamp on the program. But without a doubt, I, I, I give as much credit to Ken Schreiber as forming me to be the type of coach I was over almost anybody. Yeah, and it's, it is incredible. I mean, being from a guy who, like, at one point was kind of experiencing so many different aspects of baseball, whether it was camps or exposure clinics or um, even, like, the ABCA clinic or um, even at Purdue University North Central, it's just the level of tutelage and the different amount of information was just second to none. And you, you almost got a Ph.D. in baseball through that four years if you're a freshman all the way to a senior because of how much you try to evolve, you know? So it's really aggressive, but it works. I mean, it's, it's clearly, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so we go into the 80s here, and uh, so what, what kind of what kind of decade are we looking at? I mean, if you're starting out 21 and 9, I'm guessing that success kind of You know, we, I mean, after you win the sectional, what's your next goal? Uh, regional. Regional, yeah. all right. And no so, class system. No class system. So right. we win it in 80, and we don't win another sectional to 85. And the 85 team wow. is really Good. So you're loaded here. We got a very nice team. Uh, unfortunately, we only have one stud pitcher, and we have a, a reliever and a couple other guys. So we we win the sectional. We beat. Um, I know we had beat Maribel some point in that sectional, and then believe it or not, I think we beat Horseman like three to two in extra innings to get us to the regionals. And we played. So we got Highland, Munster, and I don't remember who the fourth team was in it. And you know, back in those days. It was you, you throw your best pitcher right off the bat. You, you know, obviously, I don't do that anymore. I don't always do that. Sometimes I play, I roll the dice, but it was all right. We're throwing Tommy Richter, who ended up going to Purdue, and we played Highland. And I, I think we beat Highland in, in that game something like 17 to 2. Oh, just a drum. Oh, yeah. And yeah. obviously, you know you're going to score 17 runs. You're not going to pitch Tommy Richter. So we, now we go in the night game, and we're playing Munster. And Munster's very talented. They're very good. Actually, Kenny Mahala's dad's on that team. <laughs> Small world. Yeah, and, he, and he's a very good ball player. 
And we end up losing that game six to five. Um, we made like four errors that gave them almost like all six runs. Um, so we lost the game, but we lost the game basically because we kind of just did not play well. And Munster comes back and they, they win the first game of the semi-state. And then they lost the second game of the semi-state. So literally we could have probably went one game farther. We were probably, we were every bit as good as Munster, if not better. The ironic part, the very first time I meet the Munster coach, Mr. Coach Nixick, was in that game. That's the first time. I mean, he's kind of a legendary coach at Munster. Yeah. So I meet him in the regionals, and they beat us. The next week, he gets beat in the semi-state, and the week after, he's in a boating accident and gets killed. Unbelievable. Yeah. I never even heard that story. Yeah. He was on Lake Michigan, and they hit something, and he drowned. So <sighs> I, mean, I, I met the guy one time, uh, but they beat us. And then 86, we won the sectional again, and... We got beat by Bishop Noel in the regionals. And then finally, 89, okay? So you break through here. Well, you think you would. So <laughs> 89, we're starting. We're really young. And again, I, I'm just not afraid to do that. At that point, I'm playing the best kid. If, if they're nine freshmen, sorry, we're playing the best. You know, we're playing. That's just the way it is. If it's right, it's right. If it's wrong, it's wrong. But we're starting seven sophomores on this team. We win the sectionals, and we're playing the regional. We're playing, bear in mind, at this time, the number one team in the state was Hammond Morton. <laughs> the number two team in the state was Bishop Knoll, and then you had Andran and Lake Central were the other. That was the four teams in the regionals. We play Bishop Knoll. Morton plays uh, Lake Central. Well, the two favorites are Knoll and Morton, but Andran and Lake Central win. Oh, okay. So we beat we beat Knoll. Now we're playing for the night game against Lake Central, and at the end of five, at the going into the bottom of the fifth, we are up five to nothing. I am. I could remember this like it's yesterday. I'm thinking at third base. What do you do at the region semi-state? Do you get hotels? Do you go overnight? <laughs> How am I going to do this thing? So in the fifth inning, we have there are two outs and nobody on base against Lake Central, and uh, a guy gets on base legitimately, and he steals second base, and our guy tags him out and drops the ball. Okay, so we could be out of the inning. It just gets it just gets worse. Well, this is that momentum. This is like this is what happens. No three with the Cubs. This is like this is this is playoff baseball. I think then. So again, we're we're up five to nothing. Two outs, man on second yeah. base. Okay, we should be out of the inning. But yeah, you know, what could happen? Yeah. Well, they had a fly ball down the third base line, and at Block Stadium, there's a white line that goes like from from where the dugout, from where the bleachers are, to the left field foul line or something. And the guy catches the ball, which we think is on the right side of the line. And the umpire said, no, he was straddling the line. Safe. No, you know, no catch. So there's, that's the fifth out we've given them that inning. And from that point on, they scored five runs that inning to tie it. We went to the bottom of the seventh. They beat us in the bottom of the seventh. So from, you know, hey, we're going to finally get through this thing. And we found a way to... Credit to them. I mean, they, they got all kind of hits after that, and we, we lost that game. Um, 90 was, uh, we lost in it. We were number one team in the area, got beaten in the sectional by Maryville. <laughs> 91, we were really loaded, and we played Highland, got beaten in the regionals by Highland, and ended up getting to the final four in the state. The breakout year comes in 93. So, I mean, this, people think, well, Andrean has just always been. Yeah, you just, they just get those. They yeah. win the regionals. So we're still talking about a school of under 1,000 kids playing in open class. Mm -hmm. All right, I mean, if it's open class today, 
you know, the, the 09 team, Alan, with you in the, as the pitching coach and stuff, that team is as good as anybody in the state. It didn't matter yeah. if we had class or not. But prior to class, it was really difficult to, to advance because in, in sectionals, that's when all the little schools got beat. And then the regionals, definitely all the big schools. Semi-state, without a doubt, nothing but big schools. So finally in 93, we beat we beat Gavitt for the championship, and we finally see a, a, a semi-state game. Nice. So what happens in the semi-state in 93, <laughs> we're playing Hamilton Southeastern, and we're, we got out hit 16-5 to in that Ugh. game. But we're winning 5-4 to with two outs in the last inning and the man on second base. And the guy had to hit the slowest ground ball that just got by the pitcher, got by the shortstop, got by the, the Bermuda second baseman. Triangle. There's the base hit. They tie us. They beat us in extra innings. So we, we but it was like, hey, we got there. Yeah. We got totally outplayed. But Billy Finns hits a three-run homer. That's one of our five hits, and we're we're somehow we're winning the ball game, which we probably didn't deserve, but had a chance to win it. And, and so here comes '94. Those guys are all back. <laughs> okay, so that wasn't a senior-laden team. So no, got that the was experience going into '94. One senior on that team. Awesome. So, so now so. we're coming back, and we think we're pretty good, and we start the season off like one and four. We, we lose to Lapore, we lose to Kerry Roosevelt, and then we finally we we hit stride. Being we, in the dugout with you, it could not have been very exciting. No, for those I'm sure those. I'm, 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 <laughs> at the sure end of they, that one and four. I'm sure, they hated every moment. <laughs> So they, we, um, what did we do? So we, we win the sectional, we win the regional, and now we come back to semi-state. And who do we play in the semi-state? We play Chesterton. Oh, wow. Which is kind of, was somewhat, it's kind of cool. And Jack Campbell's in there. Oh, absolutely. So like that rivalry is yeah. old. Yeah. So we played them during the regular season. I don't know who won. I don't even think it mattered. So we're playing them, and at the end of two innings, we are losing 6-1. to one. <sighs> And the guy in the mound is a 33rd-round draft choice in Major League Baseball. So what's the chances? We end up catching them and tying them like in the fifth inning. We knock that guy out. We end up going nine innings, and we beat him in extra innings. The game, I'm telling you, it was 99 degrees temperature. And literally that game was over. Now we're playing McCutcheon for the the semi-state championship, but we get like an hour break. They played Avon, who's really good now, but was really putrid there. They They throw off. So they throw their number two. They win. We throw everybody in the world to get yeah, through that first game. Yeah. So we're playing McCutcheon for the state champ for the semi-state championship. Really, we're probably underdogs. You know, they're probably ranked in the top ten in the state, and they have a they have a Puerto Rican pitcher that came over for the Colt World Series and said, "I'm not going back to Puerto Rico or wherever he came from." So he, he's a stud. He's a 16th round draft choice, but we are winning two to one. But the game should it should have been like seven to one. We should have been here, so just leaving guys oh, straight. We, we guys had just we had the bases loaded, two outs, and we got a base hit to right field, and the guy who hit the ball got thrown out of first base. What? How does that happen? Because uh, he starts rounding the bag like oh, he's gonna think him second, and everybody thinks the ball's coming into the plate, but he actually threw it right to the first baseman who was on first base and they threw us out. So there's two more runs. We had a situation where we had a man on, I think, second, maybe base load. I remember we had a ball up the middle, hits the hit the rubber, bounces to the second base, and we get thrown out at first base. Uh, and there was one more thing. They played their outfielders so shallow. We we hit a a, a a line shot that should have been a base hit, but they're playing they're playing us like it was a little league team, and and um, just should have been right, base hit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. 
So going into the last, so it's, we're up two to one, bottom of the seventh or top of the seventh, whatever. Doesn't really matter. We're up two to run, two to one, and we get the. I'm trying to think, the first guy I think gets a base hit. So it's like, gosh darn it. They bunt him over to second base. So there's a man on second base, and um, they end up. They end up. Oh no no no! I remember now. So take it over. <laughs> They start, they hit a ground ball, not a ground ball, a one hopper to my third baseman. So the ball's in the air. So you don't drop those. He, he drops uh. it. So the first guy, instead of being out, is on first base. They bunt him over, and then with two outs, they get a base hit, send us in the extra innings, and they beat us in the extra innings. Uh, but man. it was like, that was the Murphy's Law game. Everything that could go wrong went wrong. McCutcheon ended up with that stud. They won the first game of the state and lost the state championship game. So I'll, let, me, let me pause for a second here. When it comes to the class system and the playoffs, because I was I didn't start coaching until after that, um, and they, they've made some changes since. I know there's times where it was like your entire sectional was like four or five teams. One person usually got a bye generally. Um, that was all random. Regional was – one game at that time and then it became semi-state was two games and then state was a game um i know that changed eventually to be two regional games one semi-state one state what was that what was that structure like then so how many teams are going on eat from each point so it's uh the sum the sectionals usually would be six or eight teams so you usually have to win three or three games and everybody sectional. makes it everybody's in okay but at the it, it could be three one a schools uh, current three small schools, a mid-sized school, and four big schools in your conference. I mean, in your sectional. Like LaPorte would play, I think Michigan City was their only other big school. It'd be like Lacrosse and Westville oh, and yeah. some of those yeah. schools. <laughs> and they, they hosted sectionals, they hosted regionals, and, and they were, they intimidated the heck out of you when you went to that field. That was just something really good. So, um, so that's, the format was, like I said, was, so then Six went, to eight, and then, are we talking? Four-team four regional, region, okay. and then a four-team semi-state, and then a four-team state. Oh, wow. So you needed two pitchers. You did. You needed, and you probably needed three to really, like, make a, especially if you had a competitive sectional. Yes. You needed three. Yes. And you probably are pitching the, the first guy the second time, right? Well, or maybe you, would actually, you would actually, in those days, if you got to the, the second game, you would throw your number two guy four innings, and you'd try to bring your starter back and give me three more innings because you're able to throw ten innings. They, they're not used to doing that, but, I mean, it's you're playing a team that's probably better than you, and you can't survive with your number two pitchers. So. Crazy. Crazy. What a different world. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so then now we're in 94. We lose the semi-state game to um, McCutcheon. Yeah. And then where do we so – I think we, we run off of, – we start winning sectionals every year at that point. Okay, so, so that's when that program takes to that, that level. But 95, we win a sectional, get beaten in regionals. 96 – uh, win a sectional, get beaten to regional by Maryville, who ended up, we lost to Maryville like 2-1, to 3-1. to one. They ended up getting to this championship game at night, which was kind of cool. 97 is just really a unique team. It is, it's the last year before class starts, unfortunately for that team. That team was so good, and it had the best pitcher I've ever really coached, and that was Brian Hodak. And, um, and he logged a ton of innings, right? Oh, my gosh. I mean, he threw I mean, he, a ton. He, he threw probably, if he didn't throw 100 innings, he threw, he threw close to 100 innings. I mean, he went like 12-1 and one for us. Unbelievable. And um, so we win the sectional. We win the regional. We play the semi-state. And, and who's in the semi-state? So it's Andran, Laporte, Carmel, 
And uh, I think it was uh, Benton Central, it might have been. Benton Central had one really good pitcher. So we're playing Laporte, and Laporte has Chris Buchek, who is the week before in the, in the regional championship game, or the, one of the games in the regional, struck out 18 guys. He's going to Auburn, but he's also going to get drafted. Where he's been drafted by that time, but he decides to go to Auburn. And we're facing him against Hodak. And we're playing at Loeb Stadium. And if Loeb Stadium holds 4,000 people, which is just purely a guess, 3,900 of them have orange on from Laporte. And there's 100 Andrean people there at that game. <laughs> and uh, we hit him with like a three spot in the first inning. Nice, yeah, set a tone. Oh, and with Brian Hodak, game over. We end up winning that game four to one, and now in the night game, who do we face? But a small school of Carmel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, at that time, were they still like they're the biggest school in the state, right? Or is it Penn? It's no, of, uh, Carmel's the biggest school by now. It's five thousand. Probably in those days, it was only four thousand. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah, still massive. So yeah, so we're playing them in game two, and I have two choices. And this is kind of a funny thing. So we we've already thrown Hodak. So I mean, he had a throw. So we got a kid named Timmy Webb who's got all the ability in the world, but every game that we've pitched him. He's been averaging six walks. Well, you don't want to play. You don't want to give six freebies. The other guy is somebody's going to know the name, Luke DeBold. Luke DeBold is a junior who throws strikes. He's not the overpowering Luke DeBold yet, but he throws strikes, got a splitter, and not going to walk anybody. So we're him and hawing, and let's go with DeBold. So the very first inning, we don't score, and they have two outs, uh, and Coach Steinhardt, who's my pitching coach, is probably from Hebrew. He's, he's listening to this thing. Um, we go back and forth on this quite often. So they got their number five hitter up. Two outs, two on. He throws fastball right by him. Another fastball right and Not even close. So some reason, nobody wants to admit what happened there. We didn't come back with a fastball. We came back with a splitter. And the splitter went about 400 feet over the left field fence. And they scored three runs. The next day, we got out of the inning. Next inning, they got a hit off the bowl. And I said, all right, let's bring in Timmy Webb. The guy who walks six guys a game, throws a one-hit shutout the rest of the game, doesn't walk a guy, and we end up losing the game three to two. So I'm the alumni director, and here's where the Sunday story becomes somewhat funny. So the 97 class is having their 20th reunion, 25th reunion, and I'm up there addressing them. And I says, is there any questions and answers? And here's Timmy Webb. Yeah, why didn't you start me in that championship game? <laughs> <laughs> this calls you out. Yeah. Oh. I said, well, Tim, maybe it has something to do with your average six walks a game. But, you know, hindsight being 20-20, you should have pitched him. Yeah. <laughs> well, you just never and, know. And, you know right? what? And we would have got to – again, there would have been four teams in the final four. The uh, Hodak would have beat whoever he pitched first. He, and then we would have got back to the same situation, our number two – might not have been good enough to win the state championship, but that still would have been cool to get to the state championship. Oh, yeah. And so what does Hodak feature? Does he feature, like, what kind of fastball are we looking at? Oh, he's like probably 80, 80, no, 86 with really good movement and the, the most unhittable slider you could think really? of and the best competitor you will ever. So and, just a bulldog. Sit, sitting at 160 pounds. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, that year he beat Sam. He beat, he beat the load of everybody. He, he was the Again, my best, most dominant pitcher I've ever had. So the next year we go to class. So we're thinking, ah, we're going to be really, we don't even get out of sectionals in class sports the next year. Uh, 99, we don't get out. So that's back-to-back class And you're starting with 3A? Is that where you're starting? Yeah, we're down. Okay. So we're down in the class. So we got to feel pretty darn good that we don't have to play against the big boys. And we get beat and get beat. 
And I think from like 2000, we started, we start winning sectional like 15 out of 16 years or something ridiculous. And, but we still can't. So our, now our nemesis becomes Plymouth. I don't know if you're part of Plymouth. So Plymouth is the way. Yeah. Plymouth is the way that you got to get through Plymouth to get to the state championship. That's where we never saw Plymouth as a team, but we saw them. Uh, that's where Marion beat us. Yeah. In 08. Yeah. So that's, uh, yeah. So we, we had the same stories. We lose to Plymouth 2-1, to 3-2, to two, an error here, and Plymouth gets to the state, and we don't. And then finally our breakout year is 83, where we get through Plymouth, and we get to the state. 84, we get to... So that year, oh four, oh four, right? Oh three, they, there's oh, four, so, there's four teams in the state again. Okay. Now oh three, there's only two teams, and oh four, excuse, oh three, there's four teams. Oh four, now there becomes two. So we get there, we're runner up in, in just a great game. We're we're facing New Palestine for the first time that we're actually playing for a state championship. We got a kid in the, by the name of uh, Andrew, Andrew Clark, and uh, Andrew had given up he was 10 and 0 and he's only a sophomore he, he was 10 and 0 as a yeah 10 and 0 as a sophomore and he's given up one earned run the entire year so all our week of practice is all right we're, we're throwing the ball as hard as we can from 20 feet away saying this guy's gonna throw gas our job is to score two runs off him we're up two to one going into the bottom of the fifth and it's one of those games that my number one pitcher was Mikey Ryan, and he just had not been pitching well. So I let um, and uh, Steve Augsburger pitch, and Steve kept us throwing strikes. We're up two to one, and I think in the bottom of the fifth, either he tired or we saw something we didn't like. So Andrew Clark comes up. I make a move. I bring in Mikey Ryan. Who's literally Mikey Ryan's throwing ninety three. Yeah, and you're talking about a guy who's seen Augie probably twice at that point. Right? Yeah, exactly. So now he's he's more getting locked in. He's not not getting locked in unless he's just unless it's like a just a funky motion that he's not picking up yeah. or something. So, right? so you think a guy throwing 93 is going to be able to come out and get the last you know seven outs? I'm, yeah. I'm not playing yeah. Joe Madden here, and I got to get to throw my this is my starter, my best pitcher, and uh, it was a great battle with him and Clark. It was foul ball. 0-2, foul ball, foul ball, foul ball, and either one too many curveballs, sliders, or fastballs, but he ropes a home run and we lose 3-2. to two. Oh, uh, Heartbreak. You know what? You, you but felt, you got there. You felt good that you played him really tough and you took the lead and you, you took the one of the best pitchers in the state. The kid ended up getting drafted his senior year out of – ended up going to Louisville, got drafted again by the Cubs. He got drafted like three times before he finally decided to go to the pros. So it's not like we lost to a – a bad play. We lost to a really good player, and the kid beat us and hit a home run at the same time. Uh, Unbelievable. He's a one-man wrecking crew. He was then. just very good. And, and so then you're there in 04, and then now it's 05. And 05, so... Now, is that a senior-laden team in 04, or is that like now you've got... It's uh, it's a mixture. Okay. It's, it's, it's kind of a good, set, a good set of seniors, so I don't think we're looking in 05 that we're looking at a state championship team. But good things happened in the offseason. So I get a uh, – I'm coaching Team Indiana, and I've been coaching for a while. And it's a – so we pick a, an all-star group from Indiana. We go out and play in Illinois, and there's like eight states, ten states that do this thing. And the guy calls me, and I, he goes, you got your roster. I said, I'm struggling. I'm finding a catcher. He goes, why don't you ask the one kid that just moved from Indi- Illinois to Indiana? I said, I don't know, have any idea who you're talking about. 
goes, oh, I'll get you the number. Well, and the guy's name is Greg Yersich. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I said, Greg, um, this is Coach Pisker. Uh, you want to play in the team Indiana for us? Because now you're an Indiana kid. He goes, ah, Coach, I'm playing in the area code games. <laughs> said, the area code games. I said, well, what, where are you planning on going? Where'd you move to? He goes, oh, Lakes of the Four Seasons. I said, and, and where are you planning on going to school your senior year? He goes, well, we're looking at Boone Grove. But right now they're playing me at shortstop in the summer league. And I said, Greg, you could come right over to Andrean. You can catch right away, and you can, you can help us be pretty darn good. And you came from a Catholic, came from St. Rita. Mm-hmm. You came from a Catholic school. So why don't you come and take a look what it's, what it's like? I mean, so he's fair game. He's moved over. He doesn't have a school yet, but he's practicing with Boone Grove. So he comes to Andrean, and so he walks into the building. The kid, without a doubt, to this day, he's got the best catching arm I've ever seen in Northwest Hose. Indiana. Yeah. yeah. He's ridiculous. Uh, but it's a Chicago kid. He's rough around the edges, but we're glad he got him in the school. That same summer, there was a kid walked in. He goes, yeah, we're moving from Indianapolis to Indiana. My kid plays baseball. I said, yeah, where would your school did you go to? Well, I went to Ron Colley. I said, that's a pretty good baseball school. I said, did you play? He goes, yeah, I play. I said, did you play varsity at all? He goes, yeah, I started on varsity. I said, what's your bad? He goes, I bet a third on the team. Joe Mack. <laughs> so in the summer, in the off season, I pick up the best catcher in the state of Indiana and just a stud hitting left handed first baseman. Yeah, yeah. So that team that really wasn't it was going to be okay turned into ridiculous good. You got Tommy Finn leading the team. You got Augie as a pitcher. You got a couple of relief pitchers. I got Anthony Sarah, who's a stud closer. I got a catcher that nobody even will even attempt to run on, and I got a first baseman that can just hit. So we get into we win. Everything's easy. I mean, I don't. I can't remember. Sectional probably wasn't very difficult. Regional probably wasn't very difficult. Semi-state. And I'm trying to even think who we played in the semi-state. For some reason, I can't think of it. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, we end up beating, beating uh, Norwell two to okay. one, which in a real good game. And that's Jared Parker. That was Jared Parker, okay. but Jared was only a sophomore, I think, on that okay, team. Okay, okay. So we, we beat them two to one to get to the state finals, and we're playing Evansville Memorial. And if anybody knows anything about Evansville Memorial, the best team in the South was Memorial. The best team in North always was Laporte. Memorial had Don Mattingly. They had a str- they had the longest winning streak ever. They had a sixty game winning streak at one point. So that they won three uh, state championships. Yeah, so yeah. we got a we got a really good team we're playing against. So we're playing Victory Field for some reason is being occupied. So we play at Loeb Stadium. It's not Victory Field, but you're playing for the state championship nonetheless. Right. And they're visitors. And I remember uh, there was two outs and a man on second. They got a base hit to right field, and they throw to the plate. And for some reason, they don't send the guy. And I don't know they didn't. Greg cuts it off, or it goes to Greg, and the guy in first, the guy who hit the balls, I'm going to go to second on this guy. I don't think so. So Greg throws him out. We get out of the first inning. Well, we probably should be do- losing one to nothing. I really think the guy would have scored, and I, I don't know. Because, you know, sometimes nerves might play a part in oh, how you coach. Oh, for sure, yeah. So yeah. we're fortunate to get out of there. So we come up in the bottom of the first. A bizarre inning, just bizarre. So Chris Skinner leads off. It's a ground ball to the second baseman. They make an error. Well, you know, state championship errors happen. The one thing that we've been fortunate enough, we play well defensively. We've we've had good state championship games. Our kids seem to be prepared and played well. Joe Mack, now batting second, hits a ground ball to the second baseman, four shots short, throw to first. I think he's out. 
They call him safe. Uh, well, obviously, we're not going to complain. <laughs> Tommy Finn, I think, draws a walk. So we got first and second, one out, and I think it should be man on first, two outs. Greg Yersich strikes out. So in my book, we're out of the inning. Mm-hmm. We then go base at the left field. We get like eight hits in a row. Oh, man. And Tommy Finn comes up his second time around and hits a home run. So with the dugouts just exploded at that point. Two outs, nobody on. We score ten runs. Unbelievable. So the, we're ten runs now. At this point, I'm thinking, okay, we had a, we struggled a little bit in the first inning. Does Augie have enough? To, this ten is going to be good enough for us. And he kind of coasts. So by like the fifth inning, we're up ten to nothing. And I'm thinking, okay, how do we 10-run somebody in the state championship game? <laughs> and I find out that you can't. I mean, their state championship could be 50 to nothing. Oh, you know, really? You're going to okay. play it out. Yeah, and yeah, I'm yeah. just trying to get a run here to just 10-run this team. They scored one. We ended up beating them. We won the state championship 10-1. to 1, But, Alan, from the first inning to the seventh inning was the longest two hours of my <laughs> life. It just it didn't seem like it ever ended. Uh, even though you knew you were going to win, it's just like, it's just fifth inning, like the seventh time we played the fifth inning, this game's just not oh, going anywhere. Man. So we ended up winning, uh, and it was outstanding. But, you know, as good as Now the monkey's off the back, yeah. and everybody's, uh, yeah, you've got, now the program's on the map. Yeah. Right? So now all that, like, times you're knocking on the door, uh, you break through, and now it's, and you've already had, like, I mean, even by the names you've been saying, you've already got uh a strong constituency of like players who are going into the next levels. Oh, yeah. And then you've got even guys getting drafted at that point. Yeah. So you've, you've already made the name there, but to bring the winning on top of it, it's kind of like the double, the double effect. Right? Yeah. And if you would have asked me back in 1979, when I went to that first Ken Schreiber clinic, <laughs> number one, do you ever expect to win a state championship? Are you kidding me? I mean, I hope we win a sectional. I hope we can become a 500 team. Oh, I, I didn't, he had no idea. You're inheriting a nine-win team, and yeah. you don't know anything about really the intricacies because you'd never played for anybody that taught you that stuff. So you're learning on on the fly, and you know the struggles we had to get through the regional, then the final, the struggles to get through the semi-state. When we finally won the state championship, it was like it doesn't get any better than this. Yeah, I mean, and so for people who think it was like an easy road, I mean, that's 25 years we're talking. <laughs> oh, I know <laughs> it's not like it's yesterday. No, we got, we just know, got a volleyball overnight. coach at Andrean. It's his second year, and he's, his second year at Andrean, he's won a state championship already. Oh and yeah, they just did that. That was I'm awesome. Thinking, that's just not right. You have to, you got to pay your dues, man. You got to stick around <laughs> 10 years and frustrate a little bit before you get a chance to win something like that. Heck yeah! I mean, so then you've got, so then you've got the 05 team. They win it in 06 and 07. I think it's a kind of like that's, a, a, that's the youth team. That's the Norton. And let's start a bunch of freshmen. All right, and so I didn't I didn't get into there till like '08, and at that point they were pretty established players. I mean, those guys were pretty awesome. Um, they already had kind of the I think in '08 I think they, like we had so I think Norton was like one of the few guys who and by the way like Adam Norton for me is like you were talking about the uh, the kid with he was like your bulldog. Uh, the Hudak, you know, yeah. it's like that's uh, it's the first person I was thinking of. It's like you didn't want anybody else with the ball in their hand in no. the big game. The kid was just or up to bat, so or, yeah, competitive. Yeah. It was awesome to watch him. I, it, was, it was probably the best seat in the house being in the dugout watching him for 60 games, you know. Um, so that's very awesome. But um, so then 08 comes around. I know like we've got Hooley who didn't have much varsity pitching experience at that point. He was a senior. Um, Polis, I think, had a little bit. Right. Yeah, he's a junior. And then Norton, Mikey Pokers, Mikey Pokers, junior, a little bit of mound action. Uh, but it was, I think we had Kenny kind of throwing in some innings there. So it was a relatively green staff, but the talent was definitely there. Right. So, um, I mean, that team goes. So 
I'm trying to think. What, what, so what, what was the record in the next two years of that? That, 64 team, I think and that four? team went 30 and two. I think we were 30 and one when we got beat. Yeah. We had like a 29 game. We started out like one and one and then won 29 games in a row. And even at the end, if you could remember, in the sectionals, we weren't scoring runs. No, it was I mean, a battle. Everything we were was a battle. Knox and winning three mm-hmm. to two. Three to two. And it was yeah. like, how come we cannot? The Griffith the sectional baseball? championship. I mean, that was a battle. I know. I, I think know. we barely won that one with the Duhan uh, three-run homer, I yes, think. Yes, yes, yes. Every time I see him, I try to I, I, I mention know, that, I, Bob. Yeah, and I, I think he will remember that the rest of his life because it was, it was a pinch hit homer. It wasn't like he was yeah. playing. He pinch yeah. hits and hits one into the parking lot at Griffith. But we feel good going into to, to the semi, to the regionals at, at Plymouth because we're playing Mishawaka Marion. And when we finished our regional on Saturday, Mishawaka kept on getting rain. And I don't think they finished theirs to like Wednesday. Yeah. So they got to finish. They got to finish their tournament with their number one guy in the. Well, mile. that's the that's the semi state at that point, right? Because that's the, right. We some, beat we beat uh, Trent Howard in the in Clark. That's Cooley, unbelievable. Cooley shut him out. I mean, well, not him, but we manhandled them. Yeah, beat like them pretty ten good. or twelve. And I felt sorry in a way for Howard because if you just put the ball in play you were going to get on base yeah it was one of those times when you're like an amateur coach you don't always see a kid just like he got them there you could tell oh, like, from the talent standpoint yeah. he was head and shoulders above everybody and you could just tell like from a he was defeated as soon as it started to turn against him because he just didn't have the same firepower behind him yeah and they were probably score and you know it just kept on if anybody got on base we were either going to steal bases off him or they were going to make errors or we were going to get hits yeah and, but obviously a very talented player yeah so we get to the semi-state and and we got everything going we're playing mishawaka marion who really doesn't i don't think they have a really good record I think it's like 17 and 13 something along those lines and, and they can't even throw their number one pitcher so we're throwing their uh, you know and if you remember i mean as the pitching coach we must have nine shutouts that year yeah, like you when you were talking about everything being pretty easy in 05, that's what that was. I mean, we didn't really we didn't really face much adversity. I know we faced so I think we I think we started against Gavitt, who we like totally locked them down, you know. Um, but I think we lose against Penn. Like I want to say that's in game 2 to 4 somewhere in there of that season and then we don't lose again. So we're yeah. at this point we're 30 and 1. 30 and 1 right. with Probably three starting pitchers earn an average under one. Yeah, I think a team we were like 0. 0.48, 0. 0.51. It was the lowest. Like it was the lowest earn an average of any team with a wooden with a metal bat since I mean, the metal bats was instituted. I mean, we were that good. Crazy. So it's like, who do we want to pitch in this first game? Because yeah. it, you know, Huli, Huli was I. Well, I think was that was a, that was a Tuesday or Wednesday game too. So he was on short rest going into Saturday. I think we got rained out as well. I don't think he was on a full full strength on that one. I don't remember. I know Pope. We so I can remember like uh, it's, it's it's kind of interesting to go back and now I haven't thought about it in a few years. But um, so I remember we were sitting there scouting because the, they we were the second game, right? Yes. So I remember we were scouting those two teams, and if I don't know if you remember this, but there was supposed to be rain coming. Do you remember that? Vividly, so there was. I think that I think they actually the night game got rained out and got to get played the next day. Okay. So I remember there being some form of rain coming, and so I, the conversation was: Do we throw Norton? Do we not throw Norton? And we settled on Polk. No, because Polk, Polk started that game. He did. Yeah, and he got that's a and you talk about crazy circumstances. And then Holy came in second because I know it took yeah. four before we got Norton in the game. But it's like everybody we brought in had a great year it wasn't like we're we're saving adam for the championship no. game it was like and they all had their own thing i mean poke had that power 12-6 break yeah. ball that was just you don't see in high school you just don't see no. that 
he had the good fastball. He's like, you know, on his good days, he could be 86, right? Um, but he was probably sitting around 83, 84 for the most, most of it. But he's just good stuff. And I remember it was one play, one instance in particular with that season um, or that game is that we were warming up in the bullpen and Chetty threw one a little up. And it, for some reason, those mounds were a little high. And Polk went up to jump for the ball and came down weird. And he was like, ah, just kind of like tweaked my lower back. And it didn't really seem like much of a big deal because he kept going. But then by like the first and second inning, you start realizing that's not the kid we've seen yeah. all year, right? And so I want to say it was the time. I, I don't, I can't remember from an inning by inning basis, but I remember we were kind of facing adversity quick in that game. Yeah. Right. So I don't know if it was they scored in the first or they scored in the second or they scored in both. But I remember him coming out and just being like, I can't pitch anymore. Like I can't. I'm in pain. So then I think that's when we kind of were like, oh, oh, well, let's get Hooley in there because I think the game was still in reach, right? Oh yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it was like what two nothing maybe at yeah, the worst, yeah. and then uh, yeah, and then I think we even scored a little bit. So now we're kind of seesawing back and forth. And then if I remember correctly, Hooley just, I mean, and he was how dominant was Hooley all year? He was great, unbelievable. And then he just got, I think it was like four or five hits in a row. I think he retired the first guy, and it was yeah. just bang, bang, bang. Um, and then so they scored a couple more. And I think at that point, still, we I probably think it was had, four to three. And we probably had Imey warming up since he was a bullpen guy, and Adam's playing shortstop. So we, I think we brought in Imey, tried to just to get us out, finish one inning for us. Yeah, so we can get yeah. Adam ready the next. Bottom line, I think we were down then six to three, and then Treddy yeah. hit a homer, and Norton hit a homer. It became six to five going into the last inning. Yeah. And you remember who made the last out? No. Adam Norton hit a ground ball back to the pitcher to end the game. I'm thinking he's going to hit a home run and tie this game. But that's just like, that's what his, like, that's what he does. Yeah. You know, he's like that Jeter clutch when it comes to that era. Like, I didn't get a chance to follow him as much in Notre Dame. But when it came to, I know he had a great senior year pitching wise. Yeah. You know, like the, uh, like every time that kid was up the bat in a meaningful situation, you knew he was going to be on the right (laughs) end of it. It was incredible. Um, I I think of, when I think of him, I I know I'm jumping up a year here, but I think of uh, always that moment. Where um, I want to say, we were, who were we playing there? It was in the semi-state, and it was uh, it was in uh, that that stadium in near India. I think it was what's the name of that place? It's got the huge stands in Kokomo. Might have been yeah in Kokomo. And who were we? That would have been his senior year. That was the senior year. We played Delta. Delta, and there was that one kid because we got spray charts from some of the coaches that we we, yeah. we were friends with and whatever. And uh, I remember there's one kid in particular that like when we called the breaking ball, this kid had a three-run shot on him. And you could just tell, I think it was like early on in the, in the inning too, and you could just see him start to kind of work himself up on the mound, you know? And it was like, he could do it productively, which a lot of people can't, you know? Yeah. And uh, I just remember him just, now the next three guys just have no shot. I think he just pounded through them. And then you can just see him like, I think we're still up four to three or something, but he could just, he grabs his mitt, grabs his hat, throws it off the back wall, and then just comes in. I think he let off the inning and put one off the top of the right. wall in left center and just started another rally for us. I think we beat him. It was a, we say like twelve to two, yeah, thirteen yeah. to two. I, I'm pretty sure we ten run them, and that was a team that again they they hung around for an inning or so. Um, yeah. And Adam had that that little run brain fart, and I remember him coming in. I remember actually going out to the mound because we were up a couple, a bunt back to Adam, and he threw it and pulled the guy off his short. And I said, you know, Adam, you know, our, our, we just get it. Let's get an out. And it was almost like Adam was almost like saying, all right, I heard you talk. Now go back to the dugout. Let me finish this game. We're gonna win. Yeah. You know, don't worry about it. Don't come out here and bother me anymore. And uh, basically, he, he we we kind of dominated him. And I, that team quit. I just remember coaching third base, and um, they asked, "Hey, you go in." He goes, "I don't want to go pitch. Or, I don't want to go play." And I was like, "Geez, Zow, you're yeah, somebody yeah. stayed." And I'm like, "I'm telling the coach I don't want to come in, in the ball game." 
So yeah, that was that senior year team was that uh, was unbelievable. And before we jump out of the 08 team too, like there was that moment where I think we were still like four three or whatever, and we bring Imi in, and I remember it's like one of those things you just you know those small details kind of stick with you. But I remember we had the spray charts on that team we were playing, and the thing specifically said no power. That was the <laughs> that was the weakness. Yeah. And so you're thinking no power on a spray chart. These guys should know it. Um, and I remember just, you know, of course, Plymouth's like, what, 300 to center? Yeah. So you don't even need power, really. And he just lifted one just barely over the wall. And that was, that was a big one. But then Nort came in, shut the game down, and we just ended up losing that one. And that was probably one of those – I mean, that, that team was so good. Uh, we just, and it's been so long since we lost. It was, that, was, that was a heartbreaking one. I can, yeah, and I know. think, uh, you know, they always say that motivation only lasts so long. But I, I think that loss, more than anything – resonated over the entire summer oh, yeah. and through the fall so that when they came out their senior year that it would be a huge disappointment for them and, and an embarrassment if they would not win at least one state title with the team that they had. Yeah, the, the pressure was only rising with that yes. loss. And, and I remember the offseason in particular was very, I mean, they, they were they were focused. And but that was one of those teams, though, you didn't have to coach really. I mean, you know, it was like, they would if we had a two hour practice, they would go hit for two hours afterward. Those kids lived baseball. Yeah, you know they were just and, and they had a great upbringing too when it came to IQ. I mean, being around the no no travel teams and doing that stuff from a young age. Those guys were really their baseball. Norton's like baseball IQ. Deneen's baseball IQ. All those guys were just through the roof, right? So they had that whole thing going. And I remember the 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 preseason was really intense. I remember there being a lot more press. Had a lot of more mundane I you, things. I think we were preseason number one in the state. I, I, yeah. I, I, took, I get that press baseball report still. That, and we're on the cover with, of that. Yeah, and that's right. with throughout, that's number one counting everybody. It wasn't number one 3A. It right. was number one across the board. And even at the end of the season when we won, we were number one across the board. And I believe at one point that team was ranked nationally. They were right? ranked, I don't know how high that team got, maybe 17th in the nation. Whether or not that's... You never know, yeah. right? And, I mean, I'm sure there's 17 teams in California that could beat that team, <laughs> alone, but I, they just probably don't want to put all of them up there. But it yeah. was still, it's it was an honor, and it was it was cool. Andrews rained, it rained in the, in the oh, nation. Yeah, 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 it was outstanding. And we had so much. I mean, the the guy, like every player on that team, seemed like they were going to college to play. You do know? you remember? What do you remember about the sectional game? Which sectional game? Of 09. Of 09. Who are we playing? I don't remember. Okay. But, I mean, it's just the incident. I mean, you'll, if you don't remember, I'll rem- relive it for you and you'll, you'll catch up. So you can't think of anything? Nothing in, nothing particular. Well, Mikey Pokers, I'm not Mikey Pokers, uh, Kyle Kovach getting hit in the mouth and ended up getting like 40 stitches. Oh, that was 08, wasn't it? No, that was 09. I thought that was the 08 sectional against Griffith. I thought that was all nine. I could be wrong then. I don't know. I thought, yeah, but that that was one of the most gruesome shots. And then he like played the next the day. next game. Unbelievable. Yeah, I'm back. Yeah. Okay. Kovac was a great player. He was just one of those guys who was just, you know, he wasn't the star on that team in particular. But man, was he just like an amazing. Like you couldn't ask for a better guy to not be a star. He was right? He, I mean, he, you got him on first base. He can steal a base for you. He could bunt. Uh, and he's a star in his own right in football. Like, let's not yeah, even take just, that away from him. Just like, a great personality to have. Uh, oh, yeah. Man. That whole team, man. That whole team is one of those things I'll always look back on and uh, cherish. It yeah, was a blessing was, to really be um, around those kids for two years. You know, there's, you know, when you win it several times, it's always, you know, it's the 05. Who's the best? 05, 9, 10, 14, 15, which is the best team? And it's like, well, I guess 
I don't know that, but I know the 09 team doesn't think anybody can beat them. <laughs> I Well, I mean, I, I guess if you got a guy like Hudak, it's going to come down to a pitcher, right? And Hodak's team never even won a state championship, so they knew. That's crazy. So they so, but yeah. I, I always kind of kid, like the, the 10 team who comes back and wins a state championship, yeah. three guys in that team are playing pro ball right now. That's insane. So Sean Manaya, who didn't pitch the state championship game, is obviously pitching for Oakland. Mikey Brasso, who was a sophomore starting shortstop, is playing for the Tampa Bay Rays and is going to be in double-A next year. Awesome. And then Zach Ryan was only a freshman, and he ended up playing at – he's with the Anaheim Angels right now. So literally, that nine the 0-9 team had the the fame and the glory, but the 10 team had three pro players on the team. <laughs> Well, and you know, like it's so funny because, like in '08, I remember like we had the success and we were getting the, the notoriety. And I'll say we, but I mean, it was really those kids. I mean, those kids they they really they uh, caught a chord with the public, right? So now people are starting to kind of buy into it. Um, it's they're winning at an unprecedented rate at that point. And uh, so now I remember, I think the freshman class of '09 was ridiculous, right? The, the team who became freshmen, the oh nine when Norton, those guys are freshmen, or like no, the rec- the next class that came in. So like the 08 team, we lose, but the 09 freshman team, I think, was two teams. It was two teams. So it like was. now it's like now people are like we're yeah, going Andrean for true. baseball. That's a good point. I forgot about so that. So now they they even changed the like the little bit of like the the path that of 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 the high of the school, you yeah. know. So they're like they're doing an amazing job with that. And then I think in 09 we go out there. I think we lose two in, two in a row quick. I think we lose the pen, and I, we lost to Ileana. We, lost, we got smoked by Ileana Christian. Ileana, I still—that's my wife's. Uh, that's my. That's my father. Like nine to two. I still hear about that. Can you Mahala pitch? Yeah, and I remember this. The first pitch of the game was a changeup, and he hit it a mile. Yeah, uh, and, I, and it was like that one. One of those that went mid mid tennis courts. Um, yeah, my father-in-law was the head coach of that Ileana team. I still hear about. Oh, it. really? Yeah, yeah. And it was, it's amazing because, like, out of those two years, what it was like. We were in 64 and 4, and one of those losses to my father in law. Yeah. It's horrible. Well, yeah, baseball is a funny sport. I, I have a feeling if we'd have played that, that, and that was a nice team. They had that Lasowski If, we'd have, play, really if we'd have played them 10 times, I'm thinking we'd, we'd have got them at least eight, if not nine. They might have been yeah. beat us the one time they needed to beat us. But <laughs> they got us. But they did. <laughs> they and got it us. wasn't even close. Yeah. There was nothing we could do to say we were right in that ball game. But yeah. then we lost it. A close game to Penn, and then that was it. We didn't lose another game. Oh, yeah. We won 30 in a row. 30 in a row again, right in there. We're, we're sweeping. We, we're traveling because that, that schedule was rough, too. I mean, we went to Illinois to play some Catholic schools. Yeah. Uh, we went down to Indy for the Carmel tournament. So there was, uh, there was we were constantly playing a good schedule. Yeah. And I think the sectional, like, like you said, mentioned earlier, those sectionals are always just it's well, a different we, level of baseball. Down, did we go down and play Brabuff and play Norwell and Brabuff at Brabuff, and we hit like I think we scored 15 runs. I think a gazillion home runs. Franchetti still hit one that yeah. I think's landed yet. Uh, and then uh, the, another. Now that we're talking about those, um, the, what about the Mahala uh, Grand Slam against Bishop Noah Gary? I mean, ridiculous, unbelievable. And if you've ever been in the Steel Yard, you've got that center field um, backdrop, the hitter's eye. That's probably 40, 35, 40 yeah, it, feet it in the air. It's yeah. huge. He put it over the top of that. I know. <laughs> it was unbelievable. When Kenny hit, Kenny was a man. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. When he hit balls, like in the state championship game, that line drive that I think that was that was a nine. Hit that line drive that almost hit the car that was parked out there. Just for oh show. yeah, yeah. I mean, he he was a man when he hit balls. He was just he didn't like the weight room. He just was country strong. Oh, and man, when he hit him, he hit him a mile. Yeah, a mile. And you know, he. Love to compete, but always had that, that you know, that smirk on his face, like you know, don't mess with me. You know, yeah. a, he he never seemed to to lose his temper, 
And if I started yelling at him, he'd almost like smile as I'm yelling at him. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Have your fun. Yell at me. But I'm really not really too concerned about that. I'm going to still come out and do something really well. But. The, the one thing I remember about Kenny, too, is that there was one time in particular. I think it was I think it was 09. And um, we were it was in that indie tournament. And I think like Kovac hit a home run. I think he it was like did. the that first was the only one he ever. Yeah. Yeah. That was in Car- that was in Carmel. Yeah, so it was that indie tournament because we've had like a couple different areas yeah. we played, right? I think we always ended up at Carmel yeah. at the end of that. And I want to say where where were we at? I couldn't even remember who we were playing, but it was like one of the Friday night games, and he was on the mound. And I remember calling the change up, and this is like one of those things you remember, and uh, it just kept getting hit. And so it was like it was like between innings. I want to say about two innings later. And he's like, well, why aren't you, why aren't you calling the changeup? And I'm like, because you don't, you don't know how to throw it. You just refuse to throw it the right way. And he's like, all right, I'll show you how to throw it. And he just gets out there and like out of spite, he's just throwing changeups now. And it's like, and he's killing it, you know? Yeah. Um, but that's just, he was like, he always faced up to those challenges as well. So, I mean, that team was just like, it was like the perfect, and you, I think that's one thing that I would probably take if I were to coach again. And I think I tried to take it from moving on. I think that that's one of the things that, um, you did such a great job of implementing when it comes to like overall was how to you were always making everything competitive. Practices were competitive. We had those games where it's like who could eat the most eggs, <laughs> you know? Like we used to have this. Yeah. I mean, it was like one of those things. And uh, you were always really good. I was going to ask you about this too because now you know uh, it's been time. But well, you know what? Before we go any farther, talking sure. about competitive, I remember somebody that's sitting across from me threw a shutout in the runs game. <laughs> That's true. That's that, was, true. that was a game that was supposed to be give, boost their egos up, and you threw a shot out against them. We still talk about it every time we have a good thing. Alan's not out here. We got that was. I don't even know why that I was competitive in that. I think it was like one of the first times I got the throw, and it was like, all right, here's a little change. Yeah. I have to take a little off here. I remember the last one being Evan Rapaz, and I, I definitely took some off on one of those and <laughs> get him to roll over. And I don't know even know why. It doesn't make sense. The game is built for batting practice. It doesn't. Whatever. <laughs> so at least I can I'm in that lore. See, I'm, I'm yeah. telling you, you were compet- Everybody was competitive. Yeah, yeah. Especially once, like you know, like you said, man. Once you start winning, once you start the winning, and you can feel like, especially with the disappointment of 08, it's uh, it's different. But it's how different. great did that one feel? Like that. Um, uh, West Vigo was a nice team. Oh man, I, I yeah, from a yeah, I mean one through nine, they, they had, could like, swing it. Oh yeah, and that pitcher was a, he, was, he was a bulldog too. He was different angles. Yeah. Um, I remember like a lot of those kids end up going to Indiana, Indiana State, State, right? The yeah. Second baseman, uh, the catcher, catching mm-hmm. up getting drafted. I think three of those kids end up starting at Indiana State sometime down the road. Oh, man, and that uh, the, that team that team hit Norton the best all year. That we got nine seen. hits off of him. Yeah, well, that that infield too. Like that was one thing that was a real adjustment. Was I don't think we played on that fast of an infield all year. Probably not. Do you remember the play Deneen made in the very first inning? Unbelievable the diving play. Throws it in the dirt and Doolin scoops it out of the dirt and it was like, and and some of the plays Pokers made that game and it was just like, again we didn't. Chetty throwing guys out. We we played well. They they just hit the ball they that the, day. We but, played a perfect game. But anytime Adam got in trouble. He'd strike out the next two guys. Yeah, there was one play. I think it was the second or third inning that I remember uh, in particular when you're talking about that. And it's, um, I think we were so now we're facing a little bit of damage. I think it's first and second, no outs. Um, they're starting to build a little momentum. And I just remember uh, it was just. I think he struck out the next three he guys did. all looking. Uh, yeah, which is I that. just never yeah. happens, you know. And it's just man, those games that like uh, I know you've been there a few times now, so it's probably not doesn't have the same level of anxiety that it probably wants from what you initially go, right? But it's just, you, you can start to relate with those guys like Madden in game seven of last year. 
It's like if you don't have a plan going into those games, you can't always think straight. No? Um, I mean, you've been there a lot more than I have, but that game there was like that, that, the speed of the game was moving pretty quick. It was. It was a well-played game. You, you know what? And you, you wanted it so bad for the kids. And actually, we only had one state title up to that, so it's not like we didn't want to win one either. But yeah. you always wanted it for the kids, but you felt that that, that team deserved it. Yeah. And uh, they just they, they made so many nice plays, and Adam got out of tough tough situations when he had to. Kenny hits the big home run. I mean, I, Poker we were, hits that inside the park. Yes, we were the better team, but not by a lot. They made us prove that we were the that, better team. That was a good team. Yeah. Uh, out of all the times we went to the state championship, that might have been the best offensive team we've ever played. Yeah, they were uh, one through nine, I'll, I'll, and it was just a and it was good to beat that team. I mean, that mm-hmm. team, that team needed to beat a good team. I think they, you know. They only were they undefeated or had one. They only had one loss. They were right there with yeah, us. Yeah, I think we both were the same record. It was a it was a very, very competitive. We were one and two maybe in the state at that time in, mm-hmm. in our class. Mm-hmm. And that kid was really competitive, man. He I remember the different arm angles. He didn't really throw hard. I remember that like no. he was probably low eighties in that range, eighty to eighty four, maybe yeah. maybe eighty four. But he had like that. He'd thrown multiple breaking balls, different speeds, and then he had the multiple arm angles yeah. with the fastball, and he's just. You could tell how that's going to eat somebody up, eat a lot of teams up, really. I mean, he's yeah. not as talented. But, I mean, that, that playoffs right there, it's like Deneen gets hot. He was so good in the oh, playoffs. Man, I think that was probably – I mean, I, I saw him for two years, but that was like that was a statement week or two or three weeks. Yeah, I've never well, seen yeah, he. I mean, the home run he hit at, at uh, Kankakee Valley. Oh, Remember that one? Like, oh, bomb. 40 feet over the scoreboard and hitting left-handed pitchers that – are good and he just he just was so locked in oh yeah I mean, he was during and then bunts for base hits um defensively he was he was so good i think they end up somebody said they picked an all-tournament team and i obviously he was f- first and foremost on it i mean he was really yeah, he had to be good. and then he went to i mean that's the other thing is like so you're looking at seven division one players in that team six or is it or is it less because you got polis at georgetown you got Denise at eastern you got Norton at Notre Dame. You got Mahala at Ball State. You got Chetty at Ball, Ball State. State. Um, who else am I, am I missing? Any pokers went to St. X. Um, yeah, I don't think Doolin went to went, St. Joe. Ochi went to Benedictine. Yeah, so maybe it was only Doolin five. Went to St. But I mean, they all went on to play college baseball. Yeah, and man, uh, Kevin Franchetti. I know we didn't really talk much about him except for the home run. But what a, I mean, that was where does he sit on the lore of catchers at that school? I um, mean, he's probably number two. Behind um, um, Knucklehead from Chicago, <laughs> uh, from, uh, what's the name? Can't think of Yursich, his name. Yursich, Yursich, yeah. Because I, mean, I know as a as a pitching coach, uh, I mean he he made everything easier. I mean he, everything. He, was, he he framed pitches amazing. Um, he was a uh, he, he he knew the game. He was a four year starter. Oh really? Yeah. I mean he started his freshman year and he liked the weight room and he got big and strong and he was a. He was definitely was a liability as freshman and sophomore year offensively, but then as junior and senior year, he became, you know, right in the middle of the order. He's a cleanup hitter, a very integral part of our of our offense, and became a complete player. Oh yeah, and he never he was one of those guys too that you just weren't going to run out. He had a cannon. He did, and you know he was he wasn't afraid to pick behind guys. Either. No, and that's something we'd like to see him another Kevin Franchetti walk into our school. Yeah, like this year it would be nice. <laughs> that would be nice. So we'll go. So you got you. So you win another one. Um, what year is the next one? I think that's you got ten, of course. And like you said you've got three big league guys on that on that roster, yeah. including Kenny. Who Kenny I mean, was so good as a pitcher. This, I mean, the the thing about Kenny, his senior year as a pitcher, he can throw a fastball anywhere he wanted for a strike. 
Uh oh. Not he, can, there. he can throw uh, an oh hit me curveball to go zero and one. He could throw the changeup if he needed to be. Uh, he, he just was. And, and we're talking about here's your choice of pitching: Sean Manaya or Kenny Mahal. The only reason Kenny threw more than Sean once it got so they both pitched equally in the in the sectionals and the regional. But once you had to come down to one, it becomes down. Kenny didn't walk anybody, and Kenny fielded his position tremendously. Sean probably was going to get you more strikeouts, didn't hold runners really well, didn't field his position really well, but might get you 13 strikeouts. So it was Ben's, we just went with the guy who we knew was going to throw strikes. Well, and Sean is an interesting case because I don't think, like, I know he was good in high school, don't get me wrong, like, I'm not saying that, but he's one of those guys who really progressed quickly in college, too. Right? Absolutely. So he's jumping in velocity. Yes. I think the slider's getting better. Oh, yes. I did even get, I'm sure he got bigger because, I mean, that's oh, working tons. out at that point, right? He went from a, probably a 185 pound uh, senior to a 245 pound guy when he finally left uh, Illinois, Indiana Unbelievable. State with, with thighs like uh, Nolan Ryan. <laughs> And he's pitching for the A's, right? So, like, he's he's probably, what, a year or two away from a contract at this point? A big uh, one? No, yeah. And he, so I mean, he's he, right he, there. Was, he led the team in wins, led the team in innings pitch, led the team in strikeouts, led the team in games appearance. I mean, he he was he was 12-10 and 10 on the A's, for gosh sakes. The, the Oakland A's, who, you know, obviously probably finished in last place, but... That's a great year. Oh, yeah. And then you still run into him, right? I, think I do. Does he still I, stick around the school? Uh, he's going to come back. And he's going to come in December and stop by and say hello. And I went and watched him. He didn't pitch, but I went to the cell, progressive field, whatever it's called <laughs> now. Uh, I went to watch him, and we met with him afterwards. So I got a chance to see him. And he, he has not changed. I actually went to watch Sean when he played in the Cape Cod League. And a, a good story about that. So we're driving. We're going to go. We're really... Twofold. We want to go on vacation, but we want to see Cape Cod baseball, and we want to see Sean pitch, and we know he's having a really good year. And when we go there, we see him in the All-Star game, and he gets the starting assignment in the All-Star game, and he strike, he only gets to pitch one inning, but he strikes out two guys and picks a guy off of first base. Like, come on, Sean, you've never <laughs> Where done that. Where was that at life. when you were at yeah. Andrea? Yeah. So he does that, and now his last start, which is actually the last game of the Cape Cod, he's four strikeouts away from setting the all-time strikeout record for the Cape Cod League for the summer. I mean, think of all the people who've played in the Cape Cod League. I mean, nothing but the best. Oh, yeah. So by the third inning, he's already got his four strikeouts, but ironically, he's got a no-hitter. So they keep him out there, and by the time the seventh inning goes around, he still has a no-hitter, and he's probably got eight strikeouts next. And a guy gets an infield base. I can't remember if it was an infield base hit or a 55 hopper that got through up the middle. <laughs> By the name of the right fielder for the New York Yankees now. Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge. No kidding. Down. Unbelievable. You saw this big 6'7 guy, you know, from California. They had where they were from. He was from California and he got the base set. But at no point did you think he was a uh, – I mean, he was like 6'7. Like, that 6'7, you're just getting base sets. You're not hitting the ball with any – Well, that changed. Yeah, so that was my <laughs> first encounter. That's my first encounter with Aaron Judge. So. <laughs> and so, so we'll we'll skip a little bit here. So then you got uh, you got another state championship. Uh, Mattis Somer on the mound, another interesting player. Another really, int- I, I had a chance to coach him from a kid when he was twelve to to older, and just another guy who's just. I mean, he was a bulldog. Good athlete. Oh, great athlete. I wish I would. I wish. I mean, I feel like we got kind of cheated by not seeing him pitch in the college. I would I, have loved to have seen it. I, 
the, the ironic part about it or the funny thing about it, so he, he's got a chance to play college football or college baseball. Well, if you go to Division One college football, you're not going to pay anything. So he's going Division One college football mm-hmm. or Division One baseball, but Division One baseball, mm-hmm. you might be paying 70%. You might just get a small con. I think everybody in that family and everybody realizes that his better ticket is baseball, longevity-wise, on the body, I think everything. But I think the bottom line was he's not going to have to pay to go to play football. Yeah. So he ends up choosing he ends up choosing football, and he's done okay there. But you just wonder how good that kid could have been as a pitcher. Yeah, and he it, was good. Oh, he was, and like when he would when he was locked in, he, again another guy that was just ultra competitive. Mm-hmm. He came right at you. He was never he was never trying to nibble, nibble, nibble. You know, I mean, he was. Um, he had the demeanor for it. Um, had the stuff. I know there was times we were watching him in the summer in particular. Uh, I mean, he was getting up there in velo too. Um, and he was. He had that good splitter. Good, yeah. And he had a good breaking ball too. He did too. have a good breaking ball. And he got better and better. And in his senior year, he pitched early, and then we shut him down for like six weeks. He didn't pitch. I don't even think we got him a chance to pitch in a sectional. The regional was like the first time he came back, and he goes pitch regional, semi-state, and state. But yeah. it was like if he doesn't get healthy – that might be tough to win without him. Another great, just awesome high school career is when you can be a senior and you can win a state championship in baseball as the pitcher, starting pitcher, and then win a state championship as the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. unbelievable. He just doesn't really – that's a rare feat. Yeah. I, mean, I know Finn did it um, from the shortstop quarterback side, yeah. right? So it's just – I mean, to see him to be able to do both is just awesome. I mean, that just shows what kind of what kind of kid that was. Yeah. You know? Um, and so what year is that we're talking about? That was 14. So 14, and we yeah. – so are you back after that? You win another one, Yeah, right? we go we go back to back. So we go yep. – yep. we win one in 05, then we win in 9 and 10, then we win uh, 14 and 15. So wow. we win back to back that way. And the 15 one, I don't think – again, we think we're going to get there. Our pitchers are young. We have uh, a sophomore pitcher in, in Kevin McEwen. We have a junior pitcher in, J- in uh, Luke Jackson. Who, we knew they were going to end up being good, but they, yet they're sophomores and juniors – and physically just not developed. And, um, again, I just, we, we got to that state championships game and we're, we're playing Jasper and Jasper's ranked number one in the state. And I don't, nobody gives us a chance to win. And, um, we play like three innings or four innings. First of all, we, we warm up and then we get, we do the, the national anthem and the rains come. So it's like an hour before we throw the first pitch. We play four innings or five innings, and the rains come again. So when we come back and we try to throw Jackson out there, he's got nothing. So we put Kevin in there. Where Jasper, on the other hand, kept on bringing their star back, and I just think he lost something. So we tied it off of them in the fifth, then we beat them in the seventh. And I don't think it's hard to come back after you sit for an hour. Oh, yeah. And then come back and sit for an hour. And, he, I mean, those three, two different big-time rain delays, and he had warmed up or, or throw through. Oh, and we just – Kevin came in and shut him down, and he, that guy came back and wasn't the same pitcher. So, I mean, that kid's pitching for Indiana right now and doing a great job. We were – so, you know, the national anthem, we're, we watched them warm up, and they watch us warm up, obviously. And we watch him warm – we're watching this kid throw in the bullpen. And, and I looked to Ryan and the OG, and I said – we ain't the better team today, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, but they they were the better. We did not make an error. Uh, Chase Dawson was like uh, a s- Superman. I mean, making every play, getting big base hits, just 
just coming up so big for us. And and same with uh, Nick Podko. And those guys obviously went on to, oh, yeah. do, to do good things. Seems that, like they love Nick at uh, Notre Dame from what I've been seeing. Yeah, Nick's going to – Nick would it'd be surprising if Nick doesn't get drafted after this year, after his junior year. And, and Chase has done a great job at Valpo, and those two were just competitors. And the only bad part about it, they graduated when they were 17. They could have played one more year if they wouldn't have started their kindergarten so early. <laughs> but nice to have those guys one more year. That same thing happened to me when I played. I just you graduated early. Yeah, I was never seven or never eighteen in high school. Yeah, that's it's, tough. It's horrible. That one year makes a huge difference. Oh yeah, because you're playing. I mean, I, at Hanover, I was getting varsity time as a freshman, so I'm fourteen, thirteen. I mean, that doesn't even seem right. You know, no. so young. Yeah, and I was. I don't think I even grew until my sophomore year. Who was your coach then? Uh, well, so it was Larry Govert. I want to say for a few years. I know Larry. And I uh, there was another guy. I think is uh, my freshman year. I think it was Rody. But I think he just did it to like because they needed somebody. Okay. And Larry just kind of was helping him out. And then Larry took it over. And then Mr. Uh, Ron Zaney. Ron Zaney was the, uh, the next I know him two or three yeah, years. He's a good guy. So, yeah, great guy. Great guy. I still – I run into him every once in a while in uh, St. John when I'm working out over there. But, yeah, great guy. You know, that was always fun. Yeah, I liked him. His son used to come to my baseball camps, and his son tragically died in that car wreck. Todd was a hell of a player, yeah. man. He was a freshman when I was a senior. He was like a great wrestler and everything, wasn't he? He was a yeah. like good all-around athlete. Super athlete. Um, I would say he's about my height, so he wasn't very tall. He's probably about 5'11", 6 foot. Um, yeah. But he just, he had, he had uh, you know, his dad's a weightlifter. You know? Well, I know. So he had some muscle guy. behind yeah. him, and uh, he just he just had a good arm. He just, he did everything great. I think he was going to the University of Indianapolis. That was one of those days you always remember where you were when you heard that news, you know, because yeah. he just had so much ahead of him. I think it was literally like right after his senior year that happened. He got in that car accident and died. So it's a, that's a tough one. It is. It yeah. Is. yeah. But, uh, you know, I know a lot of good things have come out of it. I think they got scholarships for it now and um, that kind of stuff. And it's, you know, when it's that close to your alma mater, you definitely know the stories. Right. You know, and it's just nothing much different than like uh, Luke, you know, for mm-hmm. you. It's, you just, and, and you'll never forget those, at least those moments now. That you had, and yeah, I was glad to at least. And you know, that's one of those things in '09 that was really. Do you remember great. when Luke came on the field with us? And yeah, I remember. Yeah. You know, I remember. I remember him going to all the playoff games. Yeah, he was at every one of them, and uh, I remember the uh, when we got the rings, he was there. Um, I think he retired his jersey that night, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. at that point, he was just so sick, you know. And uh, you could tell when I first met him, he was still like he had energy, mm-hmm. you know, even when he was sick. And as the season really started to progress, you could tell. It just he was start. It was starting to. I mean, it's he, man. It's a sickness. Yeah, you know, it's not. What it's no joke. Him. I mean, he's just one of those unique kids that was the valedictorian, maybe the nicest kid in the school. Oh, he's great, um, man. Just, just a great family. Just a tragedy. God yeah. just God needed him more than we did, I guess. Yeah, and he's on. He's on the ball. I know he signed he, that ball. I did believe. he? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I remember that. I mean, in fact, in my office, I got a picture of me hugging him after the state game because we brought him onto the field. And we yeah. gave him a medal and everything, yeah. and, and and giving him a big hug. And it was, uh, you know, I don't know what he felt at that time. You know, he was removed from baseball. He, he obviously he knew he was very sick. Uh, I, I, I was wondering what his thought process was. The, the one cool thing about that, since we kind of re- reconnected again. Was uh, he was he was having to go to Indianapolis like every two weeks for radiology I think, um, which is the one that's a little bit less. Radiology is less is easier than chemo, correct? I, I don't know. I think so. So yeah. he was telling me he would always go down to Indy and his mom would take him. His mom never let him drive, and it was like I said, I'll take you one day. So he picks me up. He goes, I'm driving. I said, Yeah, you go ahead. And so we drove and we we went and. 
we're sitting in the room and he goes and gets his um, radiologist, whatever the treatment he gets. And it wasn't very long, but I'm talking to other people who have cancer in that room. And then it was over. We went up to Dan Dockage's radio show and got Luke on the radio show. And Luke and us, Luke and I went out for lunch and we just, it was a, it was just a, a, me- a memory I'll never forget. We just spent an, a day with him where he got a chance to, with his ma, you know, she's worried about him, not letting him drive, and Luke just got a chance to be a kid again for you know, a few hours. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And he, I know, it, like I said, I don't, you don't really know how he felt about it at all completely, but he was at, he was, he, he was, a, I mean, he was a part of that team, and the team definitely. I mean, they, they, they I don't, you don't know really how else to explain it, but I know he was a part of that fiber along across the entire season, yeah. you know, and especially towards the end of the year. Um, it's just, it's just unfortunate, man. It's like when you see something like that from a firsthand basis, it's just, man, that's like, uh, so what did, what did he pass away of? What was this? Cancer. Was what kind of cancer? It was prostate cancer that metastasized to his lungs. Oh man. So I remember, so my son is now a sophomore and my son really took a, liking to Luke probably since when he was playing at Andran um, and we go to his funeral that day so we're you know a lot of the baseball players who got a chance to to know Luke so maybe 10 kids went to the funeral mass and we come home and we got a we got a game that day and I, I think we're playing Griffith or I, I'm not sure who we're playing and Mark comes up and hits a home run as a sophomore it's the only home run he ever hit at Andran and as he's rounding the base I mean he's like almost like Big Poppy, like raising his hand to Luke, like thanks to Luke. And it was the day Luke was buried. Mark was enamored with Luke, and he hits a home run when, no way that kid's going to hit a home run. And he hits a home run. And it's, it was one like another one that you're just not going to forget. The you're never going to forget it. It's very coincidental that his home run happened to come at the day that he was buried, and was Luke just there looking down upon Mark and, you know, Maybe giving him some of Mark Luke's muscle to 140 pounds. <laughs> he needed it. Yeah. But you know what? I've been seeing Mark on Facebook, and I don't he's know. He's not 140 he's, pounds no, no. anymore. He's been hitting the gym pretty yeah, hard. He is. He is. He's coming home tonight. I'm looking forward to seeing him. But yeah, he's definitely cut. Oh yeah. yeah oh yeah. He likes the weight room. So in retrospect, now that we've kind of went through the whole thing, and we were talking a couple of days that you'll never forget, is there anything else that like kind of stands out over your coaching career that's really outside of the state championship games, or from a relationship standpoint, or even from a school? Um. I just think I'm, I've been blessed to be at one location. I mean, I went to the school, so you got a passion to go back to your alma mater. And although I probably had opportunities maybe to move on for bigger money, it never felt right. It just, it was like I'm destined to be at Andran, and it was nice to go there, and it was never, God, i got to get up and go to school today. It was like, all right, I get to go to school today. I get to see some baseball players. I get to see kids. Uh it, it was fun because I know what the baseball field was like in 1970 when I played on it and what it's like now. And, yeah. and it wasn't, it didn't happen overnight. It wasn't somebody gave you $100,000 and fixed the field. I mean, let's add this this year, add this year. So over a period of 25 years, it turned into a nice field where it was a dump when we played on it. It was a dump when I first coached on it. But Ken Schreiber said, you can't have a good program without a good field. And I remembered that. So I make sure that I have a good field. So It's a great field. It's a great field. It's well manicured. It's uh, one of those that uh, – and it's, 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 uh, it's not – you're not too far away from the action either. Both dugouts no, are on you're, top you're of the actually, baseline. You're really close. It's you a know? great place to be a hitter. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, you're, and you, it's almost impossible to not be in the game because of how close you are. Yeah. You know? and, and it's got that vibe to it that uh, – I mean it's, it's hard to say because there's just not many fields like that in the area. 
You know, it's just it's it's a it's 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 beautiful. It it plays well. It plays well. It plays well. Then you've got the you've got the other stuff going on. So you've got the you've got the um, history behind the team that you're playing. You've got the, the center field. The scoreboard's awesome. You've got the character of the left field uh, tennis courts. Like, hey, I got a home run. Got to get there. Court, yeah. yeah, that's a fun thing. Yeah. And then you've got the uh, you've got. I think it's you still got the Andrean um, writing of the, the screen printing on mm-hmm. the center field wall. Mm-hmm. You got that. You got the brick backstop. Yeah. You've got the uh, astro turf around the. Uh, but again, all year, by, year by year by year to add something to dugouts. The you know, it, it, there's somebody or some parent stepped up and did something to help us out, or some alumni or some former baseball player. So it. it Again, it was over time, but you're, you're proud of stuff like that. I mean, uh, again, I, I give a lot of my credit, success to, to Ken Schreiber, who a guy I never played for. Unbelievable. I didn't play for him, never played against him when I played at Andrean, never probably didn't hear of him when I was at Andrean. And then it's almost, I wouldn't say he took me under his wings, but it was, he made it available to get better as a coach if you came to his clinics and just listen to him speak. And I, I was very fortunate to do so and um, probably had a lot of other guys that would fit into that bill, but he, he was the first one. He was the one that made that, that big impact. What would have happened if I didn't go to that? I don't know. I don't know. But remember the story, like I so said, when I never coached volleyball, it was like, I better learn something because I'm, I'm not going to go out and lose in a volleyball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was the same yeah. thing happened in baseball. And, you know, you still learn, Alan. You're still you're still trying to find out. There, nobody's, nobody has got the answers yet, all of them. Yeah, I think it's a good reminder sometimes, you know, that you're always learning. Yep. And you're, yeah. if, if you're not growing, you're not doing anything, right? And we And we, once again, we'll invite you back to, to throw the runs game for us at some point this year. <laughs> anytime, anytime. I've been dying to kind of get back on the field. Uh, I miss it, you know, especially the camaraderie of the dugout stuff. I don't think I could ever commit to a full season again, um, especially with this stuff, you know. But yeah. um, I, I do miss it. And I, anytime I could get a chance to get out there and throw the ball around a little bit, I will. We would have to, um, since all these kids are so far removed from you, we would have to say, well, this is number one. He, he was a pitching coach for the lowest earner on average in the history of the school. And he was the only pitching coach to throw a shutout in the runs game for us. <laughs> so you guys got your work cut out for yeah, if you want to score off in today. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Dave, thank you uh, so much for coming in. You know what, before, actually, before we wrap up, um, I do know there's some questions when it comes to like the future of Andre. And so, so we talked a lot about the past. Um, what, what, are we, what can we kind of look forward to when it comes to moving forward here? Well, we're under uh, – we've done – Starting in last August, we uh, about 60 alums, two different sessions, met with the bishop just to kind of talk about the future of Andrean, and that's kind of morphed into the point where we've got a, we've had consultants, we've hired consultants to look into a feasibility study. And number one, can Andrean move? Where could it move to? Is there money out there? So we have uh, they've sent surveys out, and hoping upon hope, we're we're hoping to get an answer relatively soon that the bishop will say, you know what, uh, we've done all, we've crossed all the T's, dotted all the I's, and you know what, Andran can can move to a new location and and probably flourish a little bit better than where it's at. It's the times have changed, locations have changed, yeah. Uh, the surrounding schools have changed. The schools that we compete with are. State-of-the-art Lake Central, state-of-the-art Crown Point, state-of-the-art Hobart, and Andrean's 60 years old, and it's an area that everybody is not comfortable in being it. So if we could move to a location and build a new and 
put all the bells and whistles that everybody else has, then, then I think we could be really relevant back with the enrollment. Enrollment's down to 450, and when I went to school there, we had uh, almost 1,600 kids in the school. So. Unbelievable. That's a big change. Yeah, big change. A lot of things change. I mean, the, the Catholic schools aren't in Gary anymore. I mean, we probably had 20 Gary Catholic schools. Now there's zero. So we, we, need, we need to move. Crazy. Uh, so is there so, any kind of timeline they're giving you when it comes to making a decision? Or is uh, it I would think we would uh, we would know probably in-house, maybe in December. And then obviously if we know in-house, there's usually that silent phase when you start doing your things to take care of the money. So when you announce that you're going to build a new school, you've already has, you have three quarters of the money already raised. Uh, that's normally the way they do it. It's not been a well-kept secret. It's been in the papers before. And yeah. every time I go to a reunion or talk to any alumni, well, we heard Andrean's moving. Well, possibly. Possibly. I, I don't think, and this is just my opinion, take it for what it's worth, I don't think it could last very much longer where it's at. Hmm. Well, I know even in the, the times I was around the school, it's just, it's, it's not that it's, I guess it is, it's just outdated. It is. You know, it's just outdated from a facility standpoint. Sure, it is. Um, it's, it's just sixty years old. Yeah, and even that secondary gym's got that like that pink backdrop, which was always horrible <laughs> to like throw bullpens in. You know, um, but yeah, I mean, it's just outdated a little bit. Um, I think it's got one of those uh, interesting uh, gyms, you know, still it, in the area because now, you're right. It's just like the baseball field. You are right on top of everybody, and it's a, yeah, and that and they're getting further and further away from that. Yeah, yeah. Um, from so it's it's nice to kind of have those fields, but at the same time as a administrator as a coach it, it definitely presents a different level of obstacles that a lake central and crown point don't have especially when you have three field houses you know yeah. and you've got no nothing you can practice whenever you want and what time you need yeah right so um yeah well so uh, i'll keep i'll kind of uh plug anything you want i know you've got the uh, uh your uh andrain baseball um, Facebook page that you uh, you update, or I don't know who updates, but someone updates that. Uh, quite it's a usually bit. Jeff Cox and Marjorie Brewer, two uh, two people. Well, Jeff was my manager, and Marjorie's one of the teachers at Andrean. And then occasionally I'll be able to even talented enough to put something a picture on there or something. <laughs> mostly those two people. I know I went to high school with Margie. Did, oh, she's great, great, yeah, really yes. cool, and she was always awesome to kind of run into around the field too. Um, everyone at Andrean. I mean, that's one of the things that um, who didn't go to the school. Um, I, it's always been very welcoming. Um, and so even through, and it could have been because of the success or whatever of the teams, um, but it's just, I've always been treated like family there. So I always appreciated that maybe even more so sometimes, but the, my, the, my alma mater in high school. Well, I think Andre and we, we, I don't know who coined the phrase and how long it's been coined, but we talk about the Andre and family. And I think it's just so, it's so obvious when you, when you're part of the school, either as a teacher or a student or a parent or something that's really involved, you can tell there it, it is a family. I will share this with you because I know you're probably saying that he's talked enough. No, no, keep but, going, uh, please. The Prusen Funeral Home um, is Thomas Prusen, who's a 1972 grad of Andrean, has a, a funeral home in Merrillville, and then he has one in Crown Point. And he's got three kids, and all of them are very athletic. And TJ is his oldest one, is in business with Thomas. And uh, several years ago, I was I saw him at one of the at a, at a wake, and I'm, I'm talking to. TJ and I said, TJ, how's it going? He goes, that's nah, going well. We're talking. He goes, man, I got one regret in life. I said, okay, what's what's that, TJ? He goes, uh, I wish I would have went to Andrean. I said, that's kind of funny, TJ. I mean, you were like the mayor of Crown Point. You, you <laughs> still know, is. You were the stud basketball <laughs> player, stud football, you know, stud baseball player, just Mister Mister Athlete there. Yeah, Why yeah, did yeah. you say that? He goes, you know what? 
when there's funerals and it's an Andran person, they come out in flocks. There's just you can see the Andran family, and when it's a Crown Point one, I just don't see that. He goes, there's something that goes on in that school that so many people come back and, and represent somebody in time of need. He goes, there's something special that goes on in that school, and I wish I would have been part of it. Hmm. So I, I always thought that that's always I try to share that with many people because there's a kid who didn't go to the school, and it's not like he struggled at Crown Point. He was. He was, he was Mr. Crown Point. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and for him to say that, was it's, it's somewhat flattering for Andran, I think. Well, it's a testament to the school and yes. the people that have been involved. And, you know, people like you who've been involved for since the, practically the beginning, <laughs> right? So, I mean, uh, it, it's, and it's a great family atmosphere. Like I said, it's always been uh, – I've always been I'm in the Hall of Fame now as the part of the only yeah, team. Um, it's just one of those things that I always look forward to going back to again. If you ever need anything, let me know. Um, so so uh, it's uh, you can go check them out at Facebook, uh, the baseball page, uh, Andrean baseball page. Do you still have the website? The website's being converted to the school now has a an athletic website, and we're trying to take the conversion from the old website to the new one, and it's in the process. So hopefully that'll happen sooner than later, and because we got a lot of records, a lot and of records stuff that we don't, yeah, yeah. we don't, we want people to be able to be. Uh, aware of them and be able to to see them. And right now, our old baseball Facebook, our old baseball webpage is is down, waiting for waiting to move. And it was a great relic, and it was a great piece of information. Yeah. Um, so hopefully that gets going pretty fast. Um, I know how it is working these things. Sometimes that takes the that's that's the last priority. Um, there's a lot more precedent above that. But Dave, thank you so much for coming in. I uh, really appreciate it. Uh, we'll be releasing this um, on Friday, so that'll be going live. Thursday, we'll be putting out a video of one of the highlights of the, uh, a little bit of a teaser. Um, so hopefully everyone will share that and talk about that. And uh, again, you can follow us at Local219 on Facebook, Local219 on Instagram, and Local underscore 219 on Twitter. Um, anything else, Dave? You good? You know what? I, I want to thank you for giving me this opportunity. I know you'll be successful on it. I want to thank you for your time that you spent at Andrain. You were, I don't know if you realize it, but you were, you were part of 64 and 4, pretty darn good. <laughs> pretty darn good and you know you had every bit of uh to do with that as, as anybody in that in that program and and uh we thank you for your your time there and you're always gonna be part of the andrean baseball family and we know that well i i greatly appreciate that dave it's uh it means a lot okay. so uh thanks again for coming in you are quite welcome anytime